welcome to New Life. We're so glad that you can join us today. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. And if you're not here, why not? So praise God. Now I hope you're having a great day right where you're at. And we're glad that you can join us and be part of our service today. I have a great message I want to preach today. It's called the Great Day of the Lord. We've been, we've been learning about the Lord's second coming. And we're excited about it. But you know what we've discovered while we have been studying the book of Revelation? It's more about us living our life as Christians and encouraging each other than, um, everything, than what people think. Boy, we've, we've gotten excited and encouraged studying God's word in Revelation because it encourages us. Paul says when you see the day approaching, encourage each other with these words. And uh, so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians and um, chapter 5, verses 1 through 28. And I promise you, we will get done with this sometime today. And so, praise the Lord. God is, God is so good. So let, 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 let's, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for this day you've made for us. That, Lord, we can come together and worship you. And, Lord, we are excited about the goals that we have set for our church. We're excited about what we're um, doing here at New Life. We're excited because what you are doing in our life is coming out here in our church. And so in our homes and in our workplace, Lord, continue doing that we thank you lord because we need you to move in our lives we we need you lord to uh, always show up because lord we need you more and more and more and lord we thank you that one day one day you're going to part the sky and you're going to call us up to be with you forever we praise you for this in jesus name and we glorify you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It was so busy this week. It feels like Monday was a, and Tuesday were such a long time ago. I was telling that to Corey. I looked at her and I says, I can't remember all the songs we're doing because it seems like it was forever ago. And uh, they actually, they turned out to be pretty good, didn't they? And uh, um, we really enjoyed worshiping this morning. So thank you, Corey, for um, I keep on getting people send, giving me these love notes of songs they want me to sing. and um, I finally got to get to hers. And so she was all excited. Uh, she was all excited when she received the list to put it together for us. And so, hallelujah. The day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord. But the day of the Lord. Paul starts writing about this. He, he got several revelations from the Lord that the other apostles didn't receive and this is one of them listen to what he writes here and, and there's a controversy um, that's brewing today about the rapture of the church because some people don't think the rapture is mentioned in the bible but it is and, and you know these people get so carried away with this translation and that translation well let me tell you where the word rapture came from it comes from the vulgate it comes from the catholic bible it's the Latin translation of the Greek. And so from taking the Greek that the, Bible, the New Testament was written in, it was translated into Latin. 
And so, because that's what was the commission was, to translate it into Latin. And so when they translated the word, meaning catch up, they used the word rapture. And so it's a theological term. Some people get so hung up about that. I, I'm sorry. Folks, Trinity is a theological term that describes the Godhead that is written about in the Bible. You will not find the word Trinity. We pray to the Holy Trinity. It does never says that we pray to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in the New Testament. However, to be able to sum up what we're talking about, to make it simpler, we say Trinity, right? We all believe in the Trinity, right? And we know when I say Trinity, you know I'm talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Now, what if I said Decalogue? Well, nobody's going to know what I'm talking about there. But that's the Ten Commandments. That's a theological term for the Ten Commandments. What if I said Pentateuch? You're going to look at me and go, Pentateuch? I'll make it simpler. How about Torah? The Torah. It's the same thing. Right? It is the first five books of the Old Testament that Moses wrote. And so we, we, we have theological terms to help us to be able to speak about certain things, right? And so we have those things. And you say, well, 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 these, some of the young guys say, well, don't use Christianese. That's not really Christianese. That's just good theology. That's just good doctrine. Are we supposed to throw all the doctrine in the Bible out just to go ahead? Well, that's what they're doing today in some of these places. They're throwing the doctrine out so that they can have their wokeism in the church. Wokeism. Oh, ask your daughter. She'll tell you. <laughs> She'll tell you what it means to be woke. She gets so tired of it, she hears it from her friends all the time. Hey, you know what the latest thing about being woke is? You're not going to like this, you pet owners out there. But you pet owners, you've got to get rid of your pets. Yep, you've got to get rid of your dogs. You've got to get rid of your cat. I've got to get rid of my dog. We can't have any pets. You know why? Because they're causing climate change. We can't have cattle anymore and have good steaks. No, we're, they want us to eat bugs now and, and meat that's manufactured in a laboratory. Did you know that Bill Gates has, has bought up a lot of ranch lands? A lot of ranches he has bought up in Montana, you know, where we grow cows and cattle so that we can have a good steak. He's been buying it up so that he can shut down the industry. Can you imagine that? Because cows cause climate change. And, and here's the other thing. They're doing this with our pets because they've been telling us not to have children. Because kids are a problem for climate change. We should not have any children. Well, you know what? If we don't have any children, where is the next, where's the next generation going to come from? Oh, no, no, that's okay because they want to shrink the, the population right now, they're saying now, to one billion people. Well, where's the rest of the seven billion people are supposed to go? Come on, think about this. They're all upset because the climate people are now this fake climate people. And I say fake because when they get into this kind of stuff, this is ridiculous. Come on. 
If they want us to follow the science, why are they doing this? They're all upset because Africa is supposed to have the next huge population increase. And they're all upset about that, so they want to go in there. And, and Al Gore got away with saying, we need to, to curb, this is very racist, curb the population of Africa. How did he get away with saying something like that? And the news media ignores it. My, my word, if Donald Trump had said something about it, then he'd be the biggest racist in the world. Right? It doesn't matter what Donald Trump says, he's the biggest something in the world, right? It doesn't matter what he says, it's just how it is. You know, it's just like how some people feel about Biden. Biden says something and, and he's the biggest idiot in the world, you know. Um, you know what? I, I gotta admit something. I, I have to admit something. Uh, confession's good for the soul. But uh, the president said something, now you can talk to me about it after church, but the president said something that I actually agreed with him. He actually made sense. The, the only thing he has said so far that I have agreed with. You can ask me about it later. I'm not going to get into politics because that's not what it is about. Because you know what? Jesus is above politics. And he's the king of king and lord of lords. In fact, all those leaders, President Biden, President Trump, macaroni in, <laughs> Macron in France, and uh, uh, Trudeau up in Canada, they're all, and, and King Charles the Thud. Reminds me of Mr. Howell. King Charles the Thud. They're all going to kneel before Jesus, and they're all going to call him Lord. Remember that. You, everybody's going to call Jesus Lord, but not everybody's saved. You've got to get saved now. This is the day to get saved, amen? Anyway, 1 Thessalonians um, 1, 5... 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 through 3 talks about Jesus coming as a thief in the night. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Right? Everybody here who's a mommy knows exactly what Paul's talking about. Oh, you know your due date? You know that you're going to be giving birth soon? Right? But all of a sudden, the labor pains come. Not when you expect it. Right? Unless you go to the hospital and you're induced today. Right? And Paul tells us to keep watch. Verse 4, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night. Now, he's talked to us Christians. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith 
and love and the helmet, the hope of salvation. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, Paul telling us he might be coming as a thief in the night, but we who are saved, we are to keep watch because he doesn't come upon us like a thief. We know he's coming. We're expecting him. Think back when you were a little kid. Your favorite relative is coming to visit you. I don't care if it's your uncle, your aunt, your grandma, your grandpa, or that weird cousin you have. Right? You are anticipating them coming. You know that they're coming today, but you don't know exactly the day, the time or the hour that they're coming. But what did you do as a kid? You kept watch, didn't you? Ever so often you'd run to the window and look, are they here yet? You run out onto the front porch. Are they here yet? And you're driving your poor mother crazy because you keep on saying, are they here yet? Why aren't they here yet? Right? You all know what I'm talking about. That's how we're supposed to be with Jesus' coming. We anticipate. We see the signs. We see the day approaching, and it does not catch us unaware. Now, here's one of the reasons I believe in the pre-rapture of the, the pre-trib rapture of the church. See, this has to do, the rapture comes along, has to do with the end of the church age, the dispensation of the church. And the day will come when God will shift gears from the church to back to Israel. And, and, and I want to show you this verse, this verse 9 through 11, and see why I believe that we're going to be out of here. Now, listen, I could be wrong, and that's all right if I'm wrong, and if we have to go through part of the tribulation, I'm not going to quibble about it. I'm not going to lose my faith, because it's all in God's hands anyway. But I really, this, this ver, these two verses make me think that we're going to be out of here before the tribulation begins. And here's why. Look what it says here. For God did not appoint us to wrath. As we've been studying Revelation, it is his wrath being poured out. Those trumpets, those bowls, that his wrath are being poured out on the sinner and those who have sided with the Antichrist. Correct? Isn't that what we've been learning? Again, Paul writes here, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Meaning, it doesn't matter if we are alive right now when the rapture happens, or we died when the rapture is going to take place. We will be with Jesus. You get it? Um, Paul likes to say sleep because it's kind of a polite way of talking about it. So that, Because you know what? When you lose a loved one, it's hard, right? Therefore, Paul says, comfort each other and edify one another. Just, listen to this, just as you also are doing. That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, so we are not appointed to wrath. Now, I believe if, if some are right that the rapture is not going to happen before the tribulation starts, 
And we have to go through part, part of all or all the tribulation. I'm not going to worry about it. I know that God has it in his control. And we will be caught up with Jesus in the air. However, he says his wrath is not appointed to you and me who are saved. Does that make sense? Does that, isn't that what the verse says? And because the verse says that, it has to be true. So we are not going to... So I, But when we start reading about the earthquakes, we start worrying, reading about Wormwood, the asteroid that's going to hit the earth. We read about the tsunamis. We read about the poisoning of the food and the water and all these bad things that are going to happen. Um, and, and the executions of the martyrs. It just sounds like that's a lot of wrath being poured out on the earth, and why wouldn't God want to protect his people? Hmm. But then again, you might say, well, the Jews had to go through all the plagues in Egypt, but they were all protected from the plagues. They weren't affected by the plagues of Egypt, just the Egyptians. Well, you are absolutely right, and that's why I said... I cannot be 100% certain, but I'm really certain that we will not be, um, we're not appointed to wrath. And um, most of the, the end time um, theologians that I know uh, really believe that we're going to be out of here before the tribulation even starts. And that's what we have taught for years and years and years. But if somebody... Um, but we don't need to, we don't need, you know what? We can agree to disagree on some things. The timing of the rapture is not in our hands. It's in the Father's. And, and you know what? He knows better than I do. But we're not appointed to wrath. But to obtain salvation. You know, I would get, if I can get out of going through the tribulation, my word, I would do it. Corey? You need to look at your and ask them, do you really want to go through the tribulation? I mean, if I can escape going through the tribulation, I'm going to do it. Why would I want to do it? And if I could escape going to hell, my word, especially since hell has no exits, right? There's no, and I, boy, oh boy, can you imagine the heat that's in hell? There's no air conditioning there, right? And I know some of you love your air conditioning in the summertime. Boy, oh boy, if I don't have the air conditioning turned down here enough at church, you complain that it's too hot. My, and so nobody wants, who wants to go to hell? Nobody, really, if they understood what hell was about. I know there's some people today, um, Timey has told me that she's got some, oh, we're just going to party down there in hell. No, you're not. You're going to suffer, suffer, suffer. It's total punishment. You can never reach God. You can't get out of it. And it's eternal. And it was not made for human beings. It was made for the devil and his angels. And, 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 we, and people choose to go there when they reject Jesus Christ. God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves by rejecting Jesus Christ. So what shall we do? Now, I, I wanted to set the... That's just the introduction to really the message. Because we need to understand, Jesus is coming soon. But what are we supposed to do while we wait for the Lord's coming? Well, occupy. That's why I, I presented our new bishop's goals for the North Central region to you this morning. Because we need to be occupying till Jesus comes. 
All his goals are actually focused on getting souls saved. As David Kemp would have said, running to win. We need to be finishing the Great Commission as our general overseer has challenged us. He wants to have the Great Commission reached by 2030. That means that every tribe and every tongue has heard the message of Jesus Christ. You know how close we are to seeing that happen? The Bible has trans... There's only a few tribes in the world the Bible has not been translated into because they don't have a written language yet. And the, trans, the translators are working at writing a written language for them so they can have the Bible in their own language. That does not mean that every person is reached. That means that all people groups have been reached. We're so close. And then with the Internet, oh, it's exploded even more than television ever thought of because not everybody could afford a TV but you know what in the Philippines this right here only costs them eight dollars a month <laughs> if once the American people realize is if the Filipinos can have their cell phones and they got iPhones and just like us and Androids and they only pay $8 a month without the government subsidizing the phone company? Watch out, Verizon, when the American people realize we own the airwaves because this is America, and America is owned by the people, not by the corporation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I hope you, Meta, you really don't own yourselves. Neither does Zuckerberg. Did you hear that uh, Hobby Lobby, the owner of Hobby Lobby, just gave away Hobby Lobby? Gave it away. Gave it away. He's put Hobby Lobby into a trust. They are now caretakers of Hobby Lobby. They're no longer the owners of Hobby Lobby because they feel that's what God would have because God own, already owns Hobby Lobby. And so now it's in trust and Trusted family members run the trust, but it's not the kids, their kids who work for Hobby Lobby will now just get paid a regular wage like everybody else working at Hobby Lobby. And I thought that was interesting. And he has, he just went ahead and wrote a new book with somebody. And in the book, he explains about tithing and why it's a good thing because his family were blessed because they followed God's principles. So what shall we do while we wait on the Lord's coming? Occupy. The first thing that Paul says here in verse 12 and 13, be at peace with each other. So, Corey? Right? She likes this one. She's been, she's been, she's been wanting Christians to understand this one for a long time. Be at peace with one another. And we urge you, brethren... To recognize those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Then he says, be at peace among yourselves. I'll tell you what, you make the pastor's job so much better when you guys are at peace with each other than when you're squabbling with each other. I'll tell you what I do. 
A lot of times when you guys are squabbling, I'll find the highest tree, I'll climb up a, until you guys are done squabbling. <laughs> then I'll come down and I'll part your hair and dust you off and, and so that, because I never want to take sides in the squabble because it never works, right? To take sides, but if I can go ahead and love both sides, I can bring people together. But be at peace with each other. I'm so glad we got peace in our church now. Boy, I'm so glad we have peace in our church. What a difference. And this is why we are set to grow, grow, grow here in Wapiton and Breckenridge because we are at peace and we are working together. Then he talks about our conduct while we are waiting on the Lord to come back. This is how we should present ourselves. Verse 14. Now I exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and here's one, be patient with all. Hmm. Before I, before I go on from there, uh, aren't you glad that I've been patient with some of you? Think back from when you first came to the church here. I, I like the term long-suffering over the word patience here because that's more like God. And if we can go the long route with each other, even if we have to suffer some, to see the victory in your life. Oh, how wonderful that is. See, verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. So Hal, stop thinking about blowing them up. <laughs> but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Did you hear that? But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. And I know how you don't think that way. <laughs> but it, it just helps somebody who might be watching to understand, we got to let go of that stuff and forgive. Oh, my word. When you've got family members who won't talk to each other because they can't forgive, how sad is that? Really? Well, you might have somebody in your family don't talk to you anymore because you became a Pentecostal and you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Ugh. Get, what, is, what kind of Christianity is that? Oh, I can't, you did something to me as a child, and I can't forgive you what you did to me as a child. That's what I'm talking about. That's what Paul's talking about, our conduct. Forgive. If you cannot forgive, Jesus said, then the Father will not forgive you. Why? Oh, oh, oh that, not, that, that, that makes it too real. Forgive it. Let it go. Forget about it. Be at peace among yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Right? And if others have been long-suffering with you, be long-suffering with someone else. 
the other day the phone was ringing and I looked to see who it was and oh no I don't have time to talk to them right now oh no 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 looked at Lorraine and I said, oh not now do you know what I answered the phone anyway and I talked with them turned out to be the shortest conversation I ever had with them <laughs> but I was glad I took the phone and don't you assume it was you <laughs> I'll I'll let you off the hook, Karen. It was nobody here this morning. (laughs) There's times when the phone is ringing and I see the name. It's like, yeah, I want to talk to that person. Yeah, give me that phone. And so, praise God. And we're exhorted to something else in verse 16 through 22. Listen to what we're exhorted to do. <laughs> this is a long list. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things that we're exhorted to do. I couldn't put it down in the list, so I did it the way I did on the screen. First off, here we're exhorted to do rejoice always. Come on, some of us need to learn to do that. You can even rejoice with a bum tooth. Come on. Did you hear me? You can even rejoice with a bum tooth. Rejoice always. Two, pray without ceasing. I don't care if you're sweeping the floor, pray. I don't care if you're mowing the lawn, pray. I don't care if you're having to do that horrible job cleaning the garage out, pray. Oh Lord, give me strength to take one more box to the dumpster. Pray. You know, a lot of times when you're doing a mundane job, if you pray about something that you're trying to figure out, God will give you the answer. I don't know how many times the Lord has answered me in prayer while I'm snow blowing. I can't hear anybody anyway. <laughs> it's just me and God in the snow blower. <laughs> Third, in everything, give thanks. Did you see that? In everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. These are all the things we're supposed to be doing while we're waiting for Jesus. Oh, one, two, three, four. The fourth one? Do not quench the Spirit. Folks, that's too easy to do at times. Do not quench the Spirit. Next. Do not despise prophecies. However, the Bible says, test the prophecies to see if they are true or not. We got a lot of people giving prophecies today. And a lot of them had told us that Donald Trump would be in the White House. He's not in the White House, right? I I mean, this right now, he would be in the White House. Not next time in 24 but right now he should be in the white house and they prophesied that and boy were they wrong and these are the same folks running around saying things about king charles now and all sorts of king, and, and biden and stuff you got to test the spirit if they are a true prophet or not come on come on because there's a lot of false ones out there and, then, and the problem with the false ones, they make the ones that are actually prophesying look bad. Okay. Right? 
Besides, our prophecies should be getting people saved. They should be more focused on getting people saved than trying to tell everybody what the future holds. Right? Our prophecies should be more about getting people saved, foretelling what the Word of God says, than worrying about foretelling about what the future holds. Now, I'm, I talked about the rapture coming because it's in the Word of God. I don't have anything from the Word of God that says King Charles won't be king. Uh, that's just an example. There, there's been stuff going around about him. Uh, there's, is there things that worry me about King Charles III? Yep. But is my life wrapped up with King Charles? Nope. I'm more concerned about serving the King of King and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And he'll take care of Charles. Amen? Besides, can I tell you a little secret? Jesus is not a Republican. Jesus is not a Republican. So these people are trying to get... Vote. Get out and vote. But prayerfully check out the people you're voting for. Don't just vote for them because they have an R or a D. Because there's some bad R's out there just like there's bad D's out there, right? You need to pray before you vote. Find out what they stand for. My word, there's, 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 there's people with an R behind their name that's just like Liz Cheney. <laughs> Wanting to get us involved in all these foreign wars and sides with the Democrats more than, than they should against the American people. And the poor Democrats who are for the people can't even get their voices heard because the, the ones who are just about big government and taking over and turning us into a communist wasteland, they're in charge right now. It's sad. That's why we need to vote. You've got to be prayed up. But you know what? If there was a... Pro yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there you know what if there was I don't care what moniker they have against behind their name pray about who you're voting for and find out what they stand for and they stand for mostly what you believe in your heart as a Christian vote for that person right because I saw a picture of that compound in California where all these leaders come together every year and they burn, they have sacrifices to this big idol they have there. Nobody's allowed in there. Somebody actually snuck in, got past the security guard, took this photo, and Richard Milhouse Nixon was sitting at one of the lead tables. And there was our Secretary of State and others. And it was not just Nixon, but there was Democrats sitting there too. It's not good. And you wonder why God brought down Nixon? 
If God was on Nixon's side, he would have never had to leave office. Think about that. There's a reason some of these things happen. And we were watching something where these kids wanted to go to Burning Man. Being promoted on TV, Burning Man. Give me a break. Burning Man's again another effigy that they burn and the debauchery that goes on during that festival there in the desert. Every sin that you can think of. Every illicit drug you can think of. Every nasty thing you can think of is happening there. And there's the head, there's back pictures, check yourself. Even your great leader, Zuckerberg, has been there. Oh, it says, do not despise prophecies, but he goes in verse 21, test all things and hold fast to what is good. Test all things, hold fast to what is good. People we know we can trust who are prophets. I, I, I loved what um, Perry Stone said today. He says, whenever I'm talking about these things, I make sure I back up everything I say with Scripture so you know that you can rely on what's coming out of my mouth because it's backed up by Scripture. He kind of got me riled up this morning. And then he says, the last thing in the list here is, Abstain from every form of evil. There we go. We all agree. Can we agree on that list? These are all the things we can do while we're waiting on Jesus coming. And, and the biggest thing is getting people saved. Hey, folks, I don't want to take two years to increase our membership, our, our attendance here by 10%. I want to get it done sooner then later. And then as soon as we get that 10% raised, then we'll do it another 10%. Corey likes doing it by 10s. It's easier for her to count because she's got 10 fingers and 10 toes. <laughs> but we can do it that way, right? Just keep on increasing by 10%. That's not so bad. In closing, I want to finish, we'll finish off this chapter here, but in closing, it is the Lord himself who sanctifies us, and because of it, let's live like it. Verse 23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Isn't that good? That's good stuff right there. I could have done a whole sermon just on that. But I won't because of time. I said in closing, didn't I? That means, that means I promised to close. But somebody here doesn't really want to go clean the garage. So they're, 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 they're saying... Preach for another hour, Pastor. Preach for another hour. (laughs) 
you know, you folks got to come to church and be here in person so you know what the jokes are. <laughs> those, those are inside jokes that I don't need to go into detail. Then he says in verse 24, uh, don't you love that? He's the one who sanctifies us. Why? Because the work on the, that he did on the cross is what separates us unto himself when we ask Jesus into our hearts. It's he who does it. Not trying to live a bunch of do's and don'ts. But because Jesus lives in your heart, you can be sanctified. And then he says, I covet your prayers. I, well, I'm saying it. I covet your prayers. Look at verse 25 and 26. Brethren, it's all you women out there too. Pray for us. Pray for us. Man, I need your prayers. I tell them uh, all the time who watch on coffee break. I, I, so I'm praying for you. I need your prayers too. I need, we need, we need your, your, I need your prayers so the gospel can go forth from this place. I need your prayers so that when we are broadcasting over Facebook Live and YouTube, it will reach more people. I need your prayers so that the, the algorithms that they have changed on us from the very beginning will not get in the way of us reaching people for Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 26, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Timey, you've got to be careful of this one. It says greet each other, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Timey, that was the favorite verse that the boys of our youth group 80 years ago or 70 years ago loved quoting when they came together with all the pretty little girls <laughs> in the youth group. Can you imagine being the youth leader with those boys? The Bible says, greet each other with a holy kiss. Doris used to say when she was a teenager, she says, I used to look at them and said, but you're not that holy. <laughs> and then Paul admonishes us to read our Bible daily and to live in God's wonderful grace. Here we go. Here's the end. Verse 27 and 28. No, don't leave until I dismiss you. Paul writes at the end of this wonderful book, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. He's admonishing us to read our Bibles. And then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Not only should we read our Bibles, but we should live in God's wonderful grace. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you have grace? I can imagine, Karen, when you were helping clean yesterday and you came across those mice, you were glad that you had the grace of God on your side. <laughs> Eek! It's a mouse! <laughs> it don't matter! She's a girl! Eek! It's a mouse! Jeremy! Deal with the mice. <laughs> and I can see her sister picking it up by the tail. Hey, that's just dad. You get it away from me. 
that's when we need the grace of God, isn't it? <laughs> Keeps us from saying something or doing something to the one we love. Amen? God is so good. So now we know what we need to be doing while we're waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ's return. And I hope it's sooner than later. Amen. My word. Some of us need a touch and a healing. And boy, when Jesus comes, we're going to get it. Boy, oh boy, we're going to get a brand new body as we go swooping through the air. Whew. It is going to be, well, the Bible, that's right, it's hope. <laughs> hope all things. Believe all things. Do all things. It's our hope in the resurrection. That's what the rapture is. The resurrection of the saints. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this chapter. A lot of encouraging things we got here today, Lord. It's so vital for us to keep looking up. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your touch in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for helping us reach this community with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Help us to occupy till you come. We praise you, Lord. And keep adding to our church, Lord, those who are being saved. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so glad that you have joined us there on Facebook Live and YouTube. We're going to let you go. I'll see some of you tomorrow for coffee break on Facebook Live. Um, hey, why don't you join us this Wednesday at 6 o'clock? You'll be blessed. And bring your kids along. They'll have fun too starting at 6.30 with Awana. We, we like having our kids in while we sing and pray. So God bless you. We will see you next time.